This is the Live to Inspire podcast with me, your host, Mo Yunus. Welcome to the Live to Inspire podcast with me, your host, Mo Yunus. Today I have John Borland, um, who is um, an ex-footballer, professional footballer who played for Burnley Football Club, um, but unfortunately suffered a back injury back in 2001. yeah, so before I get into any any of the things I've got written down here, can you just correct me, sorry, if any of the information, if I've got anything wrong? Because it does say on the internet that you're you're 34, but I don't think that's correct, is it? <laughs> no. no, no, it's not. No, no, you took 10 years off me there, mate. I am 44 years old. Definitely not 34, but I'm, I'll take 34, mate. I'm really happy with that. Yeah, I, I think, I think, yeah, I was guessing you'd take that. I was guessing you'd take that. I did, I did think that was wrong. Um, but yeah, like I said, you're an, um, an ex professional footballer. You unfortunately suffered um, an injury, a back injury back in 2001. Um, but before we get into to any of that, I'd like to ask you one question, which I ask all my guests. Um, what is the biggest challenge you have in, in life right now? Good question, mate. Really good question. I think for me, the biggest challenge or the ongoing challenge that I have, probably similar to a lot of other people actually, is trying to live in the moment, trying to be really present in every moment in life. Because I just think it's something I've been working on for years and years, and I'm definitely getting better and better at. But I just think our world culture wants us to be constantly planning, constantly thinking about the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And I've just for years now just been trying to be in a place where I'm slowing down, trying to live in the moment, soak it all in. So that's almost like my ongoing challenge to myself, I would say. Because you are doing quite well, quite well with yourself now. You're you you've got your own podcast show. Um, you're you're an author. Um, so you know you are doing things. Um, you're a life coach as well. Sorry, so you are doing doing things. Um. Um, to get your mind off whatever whatever's going on and um, you know I respect you for that because like you know I read about I read about you and um, I, I'd like to mention actually as well I was on your podcast show I've been on your podcast show haven't I yeah you were so, mate and it was it was a cracking episode to be honest Mo just you yeah. talking about your life and your experiences it was it was unbelievably inspiring yeah, well, I don't. I don't think I'll be as good as you. I, uh, you know, you're a great, a great host. I don't think I'll be as good as that, but I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. But um, yeah. So be, before we get into like, you know, you've answered my question, the main question I wanted to ask you. So we're gonna take you back. Um, take take us back to your footballing career. Can you just tell us a bit, a bit about that? Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it sounds very grand, you know, when. Uh, you know, people describe me as an ex-professional footballer uh, and people sort of go, oh, whoa, that must have been amazing. The, the reality for me is I was a professional footballer for a very short period of time. I I grew up loving football, loving it. Absolutely. That was my, I wanted to be a pro footballer. That's all I wanted to do. I wanted to go as far as I could with it. So I was really, really driven when I was younger. And then I suppose I'd just been quite successful in sort of schoolboy football, youth football, things like that. It had gone really well. And then the wheels came off very quickly for me, very, very quickly. You mentioned my back injury before, but the reality is my professional football career was already over before my back injury happened. I was playing semi-professional at that time. Um, But yeah, it it was 
I've got kind of bittersweet memories of it, Mo, to be honest. It was amazing. Bits of it were amazing, but also bits of it just didn't really live up to the, do you know, the sort of the, the impression that society gives us of being a pro footballer, like as if it's just this amazing, glamorous thing. And and the reality was it wasn't. It's quite a tough, hard, nasty at times world. It can be It can be brilliant and it can be brutal all at the same time. So for me, yeah, I only ended up playing a handful of... Uh, handful of first team appearances for Burnley, a couple of appearances for Scunthorpe United. And then I dropped into non-league with Accrington Stanley and, and different teams like that. And, and, you know, honestly, like people often don't believe me when I say this, but my life was better when I went part-time as a footballer, when I was a semi-pro rather than, than full-time, my life was more interesting. It was more varied um, because the thing with being a footballer is, you've got to have a one track mind. Like everything's about football, the way you eat, the way you sleep, the way yeah. you like your social life, everything's geared towards that. And it, and it kind of has to be. And when I stopped being a pro and ended up, you know, playing part-time and non-league, suddenly the world opened up. I was like, Oh wow. Some, this is, it's amazing. Look at all these different things I can do and place I can go and things that I can get involved in. So I actually preferred life after professional football, which if you'd have asked me at 15 and 16, I'd have, I'd have never believed that could be the case, but it, it was true for me. It gave me a chance to explore other things, do other things in life. So it was weirdly my football, professional football career finishing was weirdly a blessing in disguise when I look back. Wow. That's, that's amazing that you've, that you've said that because like you said, whenever whenever someone thinks about being a professional footballer, it's you know people think you're living the dream, aren't you? You you, you know the things you're doing. I, I was just thinking, do you not think it's because of the time you were a professional footballer? Uh, you know, because I know, as we all know now, you know, on this day and age, footballers get paid a whole lot more money than they did back then, and their their lifestyle is much more glamorous than the footballers back then as well. Um, you think that has a part or, or? Well, I think there's, I think uh, football has changed, hasn't it? To the point where, you know, even just watching the game, I struggle at times now to watch football. I sort of half enjoy it and it half does me head in because just, you know, the, the VAR stuff and tackling. I know I sound like an mm -hmm. old man with this, but it, it, I almost like, it makes me sound like football was better back in my day. It makes me sound like an old man. But in reality, there were some bits of football that were better back then and, and some bits that aren't. But I think uh, I think there's pros and cons with this, mate, because I reckon, yeah, obviously, um, there's more money involved, there's more prestige, there's more exposure. But at the same time, I'm not convinced, I'm not convinced the money makes people happy for, you know, yeah. you know, it, it, money does, you know, if you've got nothing, having some money makes you happy to a point. But beyond that, you get to a point where it, I, I don't think it does. I don't think it makes that big a difference. But then also what's come with this is that footballers now, like with all the social media stuff, all the exposure, the pressure's built and built and built and built. So I think it's probably even harder and, and more difficult to be in that world than it was when I was younger. Because, I mean, I could, I could go out places and do stuff without any fear of somebody taking a photograph of me and plastering it all over social media. 
Whereas now, footballers must be thinking like that all the time. They must be conscious of almost every step they take, every move they make. And, that, and that's a really high-pressure place in which to live your life. Now, I know, I mean, for the top footballers, they're, pro- they're celebrities, aren't they? They'll probably get used to that. And the reality is, I don't know, being a footballer lower down, you've still got to be a bit careful in the, the towns in which the clubs are that you play for and, and different things like that. So I reckon, I don't know, mate, maybe maybe it was easier then. Uh, maybe it was actually better then. I, I, I don't know, but maybe these days, you know, the, the money and the prestige makes it better for people. I don't know, but it's not something I would want, mate. I, I, there's no desire in me to live some sort of lifestyle where everywhere you go, People are looking at you, wanting a piece of you. Well, I, mm. that whole celebrity stuff, uh, nah, I wouldn't. If somebody offered me that, I wouldn't have it. No chance at all. I just don't. I think it looks good, but I'm not sure the reality of it is that it is good. Yeah, I mean, people don't think people don't think like you know that deep into it. I think I think that's one of the things we just see on social media. We don't really see the background of a footballer's life do we we don't know what they're going through and you know because I'm I'm friends with some of the footballers obviously a lot of people know and I know it's you know some of them have told me how hard it is um you know just going outside sometimes you've got people taking pictures and you've got stories made up from the newspapers and all sorts and I mean I think that's happening a lot more now to, to footballers and, and even celebrities in general than, than it was back back when you were a footballer. Yeah, I um, totally agree. And, and the other thing, Mo, is it's almost like they can't complain about it. So they can't, the, 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 the society wouldn't let them say it's really tough being a footballer because people would go, well, look at the money you're getting paid and look at the lifestyle you've got. I can't believe you're moaning, you're living the dream. And yet at times the reality is that whatever dream you live in becomes your normal, that becomes normal for people. So, so, and they have no permission to ever complain or ever to say, do you know what? I'm having a tough time. And I think that's difficult as well because everybody should have permission to say, I'm having a tough time here. I'm struggling with something. Mm-hmm. And yet almost we've, we've made it. So the footballers can't complain because it's like, well, you're getting paid all this money. And even if they start to say, we shouldn't be getting this level of abuse, people go, well, well, you're getting paid all that money. And mm-hmm. that's not right. Like no matter what somebody's getting paid, they shouldn't be getting that level of abuse. And yeah. and if you think about it, if I was doing my job every day, whilst somebody else was trying to stop me doing my job every day, I wouldn't do as good a job. And then people, if, if there were thousands of people watching me do my job, whilst mm-hmm. somebody else is trying to stop me doing my job, yeah. Well, people would be people would be saying, "Oh, we haven't performed very well today, John." Or, well, "Well, you didn't. You're not performing as well as you did a year ago." And all imagine the scrutiny and the pressure of that. And yet, often football fans don't understand that that's going on. It's not just yeah. about somebody performing well. There's somebody else trying to stop you from performing yeah. well, and you're being watched by thousands of people, millions yeah. of people sometimes, and then you're getting stick for your performance. Yeah. Mate, that is that the pressure. I mean. Would I want that? Would I want my performance at my job every day to be watched by all those people and scrutinized and, and unpicked whilst someone else is trying to stop me doing it as well? I just think sometimes we have a fantasy view of that kind of world. And, and you mentioned pop stars, right? And people look at pop stars and go, it must be amazing being a pop star. It must be horrible. 
it must be horrible touring the world all the time, living out of a bag, being in hotel after hotel, singing the same song again and again and again. Oh, mate, you know, like yeah. they do gigs and everyone just wants them to sing their famous song and they've got, they must get bored of that song. Do you yeah, know? I've thought of that myself, actually. Like, you know, a lot of a lot of the footballers and, and celebrities, they don't see their family as much as well. And I don't think people realise that, you know, that the sacrifices they do make. Yes, they're getting paid whatever they're getting paid, but people tend to think, oh, it's okay because they're getting paid that, that amount of money. You know, like like I I probably wouldn't have known uh, or thought about much of this until you know I've been friends with footballers and I've heard them say themselves. You know, it isn't all it isn't all what like exactly what you said. It isn't all glamorous. They are, you know, laws and cons to 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 being a footballer. Yeah. Um, and it's it's really interesting you've said that because you know I when I read about your back injury. I did think to myself, well, you know, his his life probably went or must have went downhill after that. He probably must have, you know, went into depression or he must have felt really down about it. But, you know, you've come out and said, you know, from then, from not being a professional footballer, your your life actually got a little better. But, you know, I've I've read I've read obviously as well that you've had highs in your career. You know, you've captained the um the Burnley the Burnley youth team um, against Man City in the Lancaster Cup final. So things like that, you know, you probably do have in the back of your head and you do smile about it. But then, like you said, you do have the the cons to, to it. So, Yeah, yeah. And, I, and, you know, I've got some great memories from football, great memories from all the different levels of football that I played at. Football, you know, has done a lot for me in my life. I've learned a lot through it, um, just in terms of, like, digging deep in life, uh, you know, battling through things, you know, all these kind of things that you learn on a sports field, I think you can apply to life, learning to work as a team, different leadership skills, you know, all those types of things. I've got a lot to be grateful to sport for. I think it's a wonderful thing. I also think being that focused on sport as a teenager helped to keep me focused, stop me making negative decisions in life as well. It, it, you know, it, it gave me a purpose and a reason in my younger years as well, which I think is really important. So football, and I have got some great memories from it. Like I really, really have. I look back on it with a lot of fondness. I think when my back injury happened, I was 24 and uh, I went to see a specialist and he basically said to me, you, you can't play football at this level anymore. Like that, it's just not going to happen. And I can remember at that point sitting in the car park, coming out of his office, uh, coming out of the centre that I'd seen him in, sitting in the car park and crying, and thinking, I, ca- I can't believe that's it. That and and I was crying because it was over. So it was almost like it was such a sudden ending for me that I couldn't play football at that level anymore. And I was playing non-league at the time. I think it would have been different if I'd have been a pro. I think it would have hit me harder. But the reality was at the time, football was a part of my life, not the whole of my life. And I'm really grateful for that. That came when it, because I had all these other things going on in life to focus on. And the, and actually, three years later, I started to play again a little bit, low, just, just with my mates, really. And then I started to think, I feel like I can play here. I feel like I can. So mm-hmm. I went back into non-league at that point and ended up playing another three or four seasons. And I suppose kind of proving the specialists wrong. 
but maybe those three years out kind of healed and helped me. I'm not quite sure, but yeah, it didn't, it didn't hit me that hard. It hit initially had a few days, maybe a week where I was like, what do I fill this part of my life with at that point? But very, very quickly, because I had other focuses on my life, other things that were more important for me. I think if it had been my full-time job, that'd have been really difficult, really, really difficult. Yeah, wow. Well, I think I think a lot of the, the listeners and all viewers will be will be very interested in, in what you've just said because you know, unless unless you're friends with the footballers or you live that life, you don't know what you what, what you've just said that you don't know about that. Um but yeah, so you know at you know today in today's um this year 2021 we're in now um you've become a live coach you've got your own podcast show um you're an author so how did these these things come along uh very gradually mate to be honest i um kind of all kicked off a a long time ago for me this so i've been a professional life a professional life coach i don't really like saying life coach because it it makes it sound like i've got shiny teeth and a microphone and well, I have actually got a microphone, but I ain't got shiny teeth. But like I'm some sort of like um, motivational kind of you can be a winner kind of guy. And I suppose I am motivational for people, but in a very down to earth way. So uh, I tend to just refer to myself as a coach, but I've been a professional coach now for like 13 years, I think. And um, I kind of stumbled upon it, to be perfectly honest. It was something that I was involved. I knew I knew that after I kind of finished full-time football that I just wanted to help people. I knew I had some gifts and some talents around connecting with people, working with people, communicating with people. I knew that about myself even in, in my early 20s. So I started to do some youth work and I started to work with teenagers and their families and different things like that. And the coaching stuff, I stumbled upon it. I was, um, I'd heard about it a few times, didn't really know what it was, sat in the pub with my mate, and said to him, do you know anything about this life coaching, Lark? And he said, oh, yeah, I've got um, a friend who does that. I'll put you in touch with her. So he put me in touch with her. I had a chat with her. She tried to explain it to me. I didn't get it. I genuinely didn't get it. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. do not make any sense to me. Anyway, I just thought I'll sign up for a course just to see what happens here. Signed up for that. I kind of went to dismiss it, to be honest, mate. I was thinking I'll go there it'll be rubbish and then I can just like forget about it and move on and find something else in my life. But within an hour, a couple of hours of being there, I was just like, this is me all over. This is kind of what I'm meant to do. This is my thing. This suits me so well. So it felt a little bit like, so like playing football for me as a kid just felt really natural. Like I did work at it. I did work at it and I did develop it, but there was something about it that just felt really natural that I could just do it. It it was, it was easy in some ways. And this felt like that as well. Like coaching felt easy. It felt natural. I had to work at it and I've honed my skills over the years and I've gained experience, but it felt really natural. And it just kind of went from there, mate. I just then got myself qualified. I set up my own business. I mean, looking back on it, I took some real risks, but, you know, when I think when you find the thing or the things that you're just meant to be doing, the things that really suit you really well, it's like you're compelled to make that stuff happen, to, to go after those things. So those risks that I took, I gave up my full-time job. 
I told everyone, right, I'm going to make a living out of coaching. A few of my mates laughed at that, thought it was absolutely ridiculous at the time. Uh, my parents were very like, oh, hang on a minute, you've got a young family. You've got to put food on the table for them. Is this going to be okay? And to be honest, mate, I've, I've never looked back from there. I just knew that I was going to make it happen and I, and I went for it. And then all the other stuff that's kind of followed on from there, um, like I've written a couple of books. I, I told people for years, I'm never writing a book. Writing's not my thing. I don't like it. I'm not interested. I'm not doing it. And then I found myself writing a book and then I wrote a second one. So, the you know, and I started a podcast last year. So these things just kind of have just evolved. And I've, as I've developed, I've developed other things with it. And people seem to like the stuff that I do. So I just keep doing more of it. So it's just gathered momentum as I've gone now. You know, I've, this has been 12, 13 years and longer, really, in the making. Um, and, I, and I only still feel like I'm at the beginning of things as well. I don't feel like I'm anywhere near the end of this. I just feel like I'm excited about what else I'm going to get to do, what other experiences I'm going to get to have, who else I'm going to, I'm going to get to meet. Do you know, even like being here with you today, Mo, um, I, I just love the way this comes about. You ended up on my podcast because we've got a mutual friend and I'm like, it's just brilliant, isn't it? Do you know, I love stuff like this. I love yeah. the way like the world just puts things in our path, the opportunities that it gives us. So it's been yeah, I mean, I mean the, coincid the coincidence with us two, I mean, Meeting that, um, you know, knowing the mutual friend and then us two doing the podcast together and and now me being able to start my own podcast show because I had some amazing advice from you, which I'll always be thankful for. Um, so, yeah, it's um, I, I believe as a religious person, I believe God does everything for a reason. And, um, you know, like you said, even that takes us back to your footballing career. You said even after your injury, you did feel a bit of a re relief and you did feel a bit better. I, I believe that, you know, everything is done for the best. I, I, I think, you know, it's horrible to have an injury and your, your career to be to be ended. But I do believe everything is is done is done for a reason. And um, yeah, like like me having this show now and, and having you as a guest, it's um I never thought it'd happen. I never thought it'd happen. But but anyway, back to what. But anyway, back to what you've just said. Um, and you know, you did say you took a few risks and stuff. But how did how did you ensure your family that it was gonna be okay and you were, you know, you were gonna be fine and everything was gonna be cool? How did you do that? Because that must have been tough. Um, do you know? Do you know what? Um, it's really hard to answer this because I don't think I can assure anybody of anything ever do you know in that sense it's almost like uh and even myself mate i didn't know it was going to be okay i didn't know that it was going to yeah. work out all right well I, I didn't i didn't in the sense that two two things for me mate one is i've always got a sense of you know like in this in this instance i give up my job i start a business what's the worst that happens so, i mean like generally what is the worst that happens the worst that happens is i can't pay my bills i've got a I don't know, live in a smaller house or end up living in a, you know, end up on benefits. That's the, that's the worst that happens, right? And I sort of think, well, if that happened, I'd just start again. I'd just roll with it. Like that stuff for me doesn't feel that scary because I don't, I'm not that attached to stuff. You know, like if I lost my house or couldn't pay for my house, I'd just live in a smaller house. Do you know what I mean? Or a cheaper, yeah. it's all right. Like it's not, I don't, 
I don't have that sort of sense. Whereas for some people I've spoke to, the idea of that would be the scariest thing in the world. So there's there's yeah. two things with that. I'd be happy living in a tent. So I'm all right with that. That that gives yeah. me a bit of a safety net with things. But then the other thing I think, mate, is I just back myself. And I don't mean that in an arrogant or cocky way. I just mean it in a, I reckon I'll just find a way to make things work. And, and, I'd, and I'd be prepared to do whatever I needed to do to put food on the table for my kids. So again, I'm not precious about that or there's nothing that I think's beneath me. I would do anything if I had to, to do that. So I just kind of back myself that I'll find a way that I'll, make it work. I just believe there's always possibilities. There's always opportunities. So you can, you can almost find a way to do anything. And, and also I don't have a very fixed, you know, like some people in life I did when I was a kid. Right. And this is where it came from. So in my football, I was very fixed. Like Mm -hmm. there is where I've got to get to, I've got to be a pro footballer and I've got to do everything I can to get there. Right. The, The problem with that thinking though, is that life doesn't always work like that. Life has its own agenda going on, doesn't it? Different things happen for us. So these days, I'm much more in a place where I'm going to flow with life. So I might think, oh, I'd like to go give that a go, or I'd like to achieve that. But I'm more than happy for life, for God, for circumstance to also be involved. And it mm. might direct me down a different path. So I, th- I used to live like I was building a motorway, like a Roman road, like a straight road to my goal. And now I like to live much more like I'm a river where I'm just going to flow with the, with the land. I'm going to find my way. I'm off towards the sea, but I don't know whether I'm going to double back on myself. Uh, I might be like rushing at some points and chilling at other points. And I might go on a bit of a surprising way. I might have to go around a few mountains. I don't know. So I just, I liken it a bit more to that, mate, that I'm flowing much more with life now. And that takes the stress out of it. Do you know that almost I'm so I don't I honestly don't look too far ahead. I really, really don't. I don't spend a lot of time thinking five years from now, did it? Because I just think, I don't know. I, I know where I'm off or where I'm sort of wanting to head in the next six months or year, maybe. I've got an idea, but I'm also prepared for the fact that life itself, that God might get involved and direct me elsewhere as well, Mo. So I'm all right with that. So I think there's a bit of a combination of backing myself. And knowing that actually this isn't a fixed straight road either. This is all a journey life is. And if, yeah. I, have to, if I have to double back for a while, I'll double back for a while. It's really, really okay. There's no, and that just takes the pressure off. I think mate. it just, it makes it less of a, less of a big deal. And the worst that happens is I can't pay my mortgage. It's the worst that happens, mate. And what a first world problem that is. Do you know, there's people starving in the world. And I can't pay my mortgage. Do you know what I mean? I'll find a different way with it. It's not, it's not as big a deal as our brains like us to think it is, I think. Can, can I ask you a question, though, Mo? Yeah, yeah, of course. You said five minutes ago that you think everything happens for a reason. You think uh, God works in our lives in that sense. What, what about you with your skin condition, then? Because I'm curious about your attitude to this. I know we spoke about it a bit before, but it's kind of all right, me sat here saying all this stuff about me. But I'm, you know, I'm curious for you, mate, because you live with this on a, on a day-to-day basis. Like, how, how do you work those two things out, that you've got this condition and everything happens for a reason? Well, you know, that, that's, a, that's a, a very good question. And, and I don't 
I don't even think I know the the full answer to that myself. I think I just wake up in the morning and I kind of tell myself that there's nothing I can do. I'm like this. There's nothing I can do. I could either just be negative, stay at home and cry all day about it, or I can get up and do things I want to do, go out there, you know, start a podcast show or do, you know, do these things. It's, it's either one or the other. And I think at times, yeah, I have wanted to, I've felt at the lowest and I've just wanted everything to end. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's, it's, it, it is tough. And I mean, I, I think I, it, it's a bit like what you said, you, you're on a, rhythm, a river and you're, you're kind of flowing and you're just seeing where it takes you. That's like with me as well. I'm just I'm just seeing where life takes me day day by day. I don't have a plan. I don't have anything planned for what the next few months. I just wake up in the morning and get on with it. And I, I think that's all you can do. I, I mean, I'll fall at the lowest and it's not good to be down there. Um, so yeah, I mean, just just getting on with it, I guess. It is it is unfair. I mean, life sometimes I do see other people living normal lives and doing things that I, I want to do, like just waking up in the morning now having to do six hours of skincare, mm. you know, things like that. You know, it does get to me. I do I do feel, and, and every day I think about it. Yeah. Every day I ask why me. I, I do ask that. I, I won't, you know, I won't sit here and say I'm full of positivity because I, I, I ain't. Um, but, yeah, I just, um, just, I do think these negative things, but just get on with it just get on with it that's all that's all you can do is that you can't really do anything else you know it's not going to change anything being negative is not going to change anything is it no so i mean it's amazing mo amazing mate it is and and you know the whole river analogy i sort of think as well like flowing like a river but there's also like a load of boulders that get thrown in the river all the time and and for me for me i have some boulders and for you every day you've got a really flipping big boulder do you know i mean to kind of navigate and to to move around mate and you 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 do that amazingly well mate it's so inspiring it really is Paul. yeah and i think i think god plays a big part in it as well giving us the strength the strength i have the positive you know the positive attitude you have as well i think god plays a big part in that because um, yeah. I, I think i don't think i think without that we'd be at our lowest and we, we'd want it everything to end yeah. you know you wouldn't have you wouldn't be an author you wouldn't have your own show i wouldn't have this podcast show you know you wouldn't be doing these things if if we didn't have god yeah i'm so with like, you on that mate everything happens everything happens for a reason but i mean like i wanted to ask i, I really wanted to ask you this actually because <laughs> I, I, read, I read about you being a life coach and I don't know what a life coach is, and I think a lot of the listeners and viewers they they won't know what a life coach is. So, so tell us what is a life coach. Brilliant, mate. Thanks for asking, because there's a lot of myths about this. Because <laughs> sometimes the way it's presented, and sometimes even people who call themselves life coaches aren't actually life coaching. They're just doing motivational speaking or kind of inspirational seminars or things like that, and that's not actually coaching. So. Coaching really is this idea of working with another person in a way that says you're the expert on you. Like you've got your own answers. You've got your own ideas. You've got your own way forward. I think like Mo, if I was working with you, right, you know yourself better than anybody else in the world knows you. You know your situations and your circumstance. You know your wants, you know your needs, you know your hopes and you know your dreams and you know your fears, right? You know all that. And yet often we live in a world 
that just wants to be dishing out advice to people all the time. Well, you need to do it like this. You need to do it like that. And the way I work with people in coaching and what coaching really is, is helping people to go from where they are now and grow and develop in a way that's absolutely right for them. But they're in the driving seat. They're the decision maker. So a lot of my, this sounds a bit weird, right? But I spend a lot of my working life in a place of not knowing. So I work with people. We have conversations with them and, and I listen to them and ask them questions. But I work from a place of, I don't know what's best for you, but you do. So effectively, in a nutshell, as a coach, I help people find their own answers for life. I don't give people the answers or tell people what I think they should do. I help them figure it out for themselves so that they, they find the exact right stuff for them. And sometimes people think they don't have answers. They do. Given the right space, the right time, the right relationship, the right conversation, everybody I work with finds their own answers and finds their own way forward with it. And the, and the brilliance of coaching is that when you're told to do something, when somebody gives you a piece of advice, most of the time you don't do it. But even if you do do it, you don't really own it because it's come from somebody else. Mm. Whereas when you get to work it out for yourself, you are a hundred times more likely to follow through with that. And it's absolutely perfect for you. It's like the just right piece of advice for yourself. So I'm a massive fan. And this is why I like coaching because it's so empowering because it puts people in the driving seats. They have to take ownership. This is how I describe coaching as a partnership that empowers people to take ownership for their own development. That's my kind of stock standard phrase of coaching because I love the idea that people have to take ownership for their own growth. They're not just following advice or following other people's ways of being because we're all unique, aren't we? We're all completely uh, uh, different individuals. So we're all on different paths, all on different journeys. And what's right for you isn't right for me. And that's the problem with advice. Uh, I'm not saying all advice is rubbish, but probably 97% of it is. Probably. <laughs> it really yeah. is because it isn't right. It might be right for you, but it's not right for me. And I think what coaching does and the way I work with people is helps them figure out what's exactly right for them. And that's why I love it so much. That's why I'm a huge fan of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so it's not, it's, it's more than giving, you know, it's more than, see, I, I had it in my head. It was a bit like counseling. So, yeah, I mean, the skills of a coach and a counselor are quite transferable. So like mm -hmm. I spend a lot of time listening and asking questions, which counselors also do as well. And there's different types of counseling and slightly different types of coaching. But I think the real difference in coaching is that it's all about where are you at right now and how do you want to move forward? How do you want to grow and develop? Coaching is much more kind of um, now and future focused. Whereas, and this isn't all, this isn't wholly true, but often when it comes to counseling, it's a conversation about the past. It's a conversation about what's gone on for people, how they're feeling about what they've experienced, what they've gone through, et cetera, et cetera. Coaching is much more a conversation about the now and the future. So where you at now, how do you want to develop? How do you want to grow into the future? So that's the distinction between the two, really. But I mean, what if someone doesn't know what they, what they want in the future, then what well, do you, it, do you yeah, do? It's, Well, it's really interesting this because loads of people tell me they don't know. So we just start talking. And five, 10 minutes in, they start to know. Often we don't know because we've never had that type of conversation. Nobody's yeah. ever really given us that space to explore it. And a lot of times in our culture and society, we're just following the next thing because we do this to our kids as well. We put them in school at four and then we basically send them to secondary school and then we send them to college and then 
a job or university. Or we basically mm. put people on this conveyor belt so they never have to really think through what's right for me, like really right for me. What do I really want out of life? And then we even tell people, well, you know, you're meant to partner up with somebody and then you're meant to have kids and then you're meant to do this and you're meant to do that. And then you retire. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, hang on. That might work for some people, but for other people, they might want to do things completely different from that. But we don't necessarily give people the skills to really reflect, really think that through for themselves. So what you find often is people go, well, I don't really know. But then we start talking and they start to realize they do know. So I say this to people often, you might think you don't know, but you do know. You, you, do. You, just, you just don't know that you know, but you will soon. You'll start to figure out. And, and that, it happens all the time, that mate. Yeah, I mean, it, it must feel good when you, when you have someone there that say they don't know, but then, you know, after five or ten minutes, you've got them speaking about about what they want and stuff. You know, it must it must feel good that you've helped someone find their their you know their path and, and what they want to do because you know I mean it's it's it must be it must help the person a lot as well because remember they they come to you if they say they don't know. And then at the end, they do know and they've got it in their head and they're like, actually, I want to do that. It must be a big boost for them as well. Yeah, well, it's interesting this because um, coaching is, you know, it does give me a sense of um, purpose. It gives me a sense of that I'm contributing to the world. It gives me a sense that I'm, you know, helping people in some way and, and I'm doing it in a way that plays to my strengths. But what I really love about it is that whatever people have done with it, they've done. Like mm. they've done it. I've not done it mm. for them. I, I almost describe it as a little bit like I'm a, I'm kind of their curious companion. I just go along, you know, metaphorically go along for the ride in their life while they make all the decisions. So it's a little bit like they're in the driving seat. I'm in the passenger seat, really. I'm just pointing things out, asking questions, feeding things back. But it's them that they're driving their life. So it's mm. them that decides what direction, how fast or slow they go, whether they put the brakes on whether they accelerate, all that kind of stuff. That's up to them. I'm just the passenger, effectively. But I'm I'm a curious companion. I'm someone who reflects things back, points things out, asks questions to them. Because most of the time, people don't get those types of conversations. Even if we share a problem with somebody, it probably takes five minutes before they're giving us advice about something, even mm. though they don't really get the situation. Yeah. And I, I think there's something better about really helping people to understand their own situations and find their own answers. It's a, it's a brilliant way of working with people. And it's something I just want to get out there to as many people as possible. Cause it's not rocket science. Do you know, it's not, I mean, it, the more experienced you get, the more skilled you get with it. There is a lot to it, but at the same time, the basic idea behind it is very simple. And most people can get hold of it and start to use it in some way. So I love the idea that people start to coach uh, as parents. They start to coach as friends. They start to coach as bosses and leaders and managers. Do you know all that kind of stuff? I love that. Like that's I'm all over that. Like if we can get coaching conversations into everyday life, it's going to make a massive difference for a lot of people. Yeah. So we, you know, that for who, to anyone who doesn't know or didn't know what a life coach is. I think now they know it, like myself, but I didn't know what it was and I was interested interested to know. But at the same time, you've, you've got um, a podcast show as well, haven't you? Um, like I said, the one I've, I've, I was on. Um, so tell us how that came along. 
Um, so I, I suppose I'd thought about it a bit, but I didn't really know how to do a podcast, to be honest. I didn't even really know what podcasts, when they first came out, I didn't really, even know, really know what they were. And then I started to listen to a few and I thought I could maybe do this. And I had a couple of mates who really encouraged me to do it. And then somebody who said, well, actually, we can do this podcast for you. We can make this happen for you because I didn't get all the technical bits of it. Do you know, in terms of like, how do you do it and all that kind of stuff. So I kind of, you know, gave that to somebody else, gave that to a company to do. And they sorted that out for me. And then I just got on with, similar to what you're doing now, um, getting older people that I knew. And having real life conversations with them. So my my podcast is really like real people, real lives, real conversations. So I haven't done any of the, you know, everybody that I've had on my podcast, I've met in real life in some way. Mm-hmm. You know, like in some yeah. way I've got some connection to them. Most of those people I know pretty well. You were somebody who I'd met through, you know, I chatted to through a mutual friend. So you was probably as far removed as anyone, Mo, from me that's been on my been on my podcast you know we kind of formed a friendship after you know after kind of after that process but most people are just like people that I've come across people I know my mates because I really want my podcast to be real and normal and not about people just coming on to promote stuff or sell stuff or big themselves up I just want to have proper conversations so the way with my podcast guests I mean you'll know this but the way with my podcast guests is I say to them when you're on the show when you're on it just talk to me like you would if we were sat in a pub and then other people can just listen into this. Cause I want this to be a really normal conversation, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I probably have what feel like to other people, some difficult conversations. So I don't dodge topics. We get to some really, we cover some really tough stuff, but I don't find it that tough. Cause I just like having conversations about, some of the things that people don't talk about in life, but I think we should be talking about. So I'm just like, let's just talk about it. Let's just keep it really normal, really real, really down to earth. So I, yeah, it's just got that feel to it. And it, and it's just gone from there. It's been running over a year now. It's a weekly show. And I, I just like doing it, mate. I just, it's dead easy. I get on zoom, record an half hour conversation with somebody. I have fun doing it. Gets turned into a podcast. It gets released. Mm-hmm. I, I really like doing it and, and people seem to be getting some value from it. And as long as people are getting value from it, I'll just keep doing it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, having a podcast is fun. I've always wanted, wanted my own podcast show. And I mean, like, like I said, everything happens for a reason. I met you and, and now, you know, thanks to the amazing advice you gave, um, I've got this show now, which, and I've, I've, I've had you on there. Um, it has been a pleasure, a pleasure speaking to you. Um, but um, I do want to ask you one thing before, you know, before we do say our goodbyes. What would be your message of inspiration to, to anyone that's feeling down at the minute? Because, you know, we, we are in tough times at, at the minute. And I think um, a lot of people might need that inspirational message. So what would your message be? Uh, probably three words which is this, you are enough. Because I think so many people have some sense in our modern day world of not being good enough, not being right enough, not being rich enough, not being successful enough, not being a good enough mom or a good enough dad or a good whatever it is. And I think one of the best things you can do for yourself is recognize that you are enough. Just as you are, you really, really are enough. 
and all that thinking about not being good enough isn't really you. It's just culture and society that have given you that toxic message that mm. somehow you've got to try and be more or do more or achieve more or create more. And I think there's something beautiful about knowing that you're enough. You're enough. And it's all okay. I think it's really, really important. Yeah, because, I mean, like, no matter what you do in life now, someone, there'll always be that one person out there telling you you're not doing it right or, you know, there, there will always be that one person. So that that is a great message, actually. You are enough. Um, yeah, I think um, to a lot of people that are listening, like John said, if you are going for anything, you know, you are enough. And, and like we said in the episode earlier on that, everything does happen for a reason and, and you'll get through it, whatever's happening, you'll get yeah. through it with the help of God and just, just you know, you'll get strength, you'll get through it and you'll be fine. I guess that's a, that's a, that's all we can say. Like I said, myself, I've, I've been through a lot, but negative, being negative about it, it'll just make things worse. So it's just about getting on with it and it's just about trying to, trying to stay positive, isn't it? Um, so, so yeah, um, John, where can we find you, you know, on social media and, you know, so these listeners and viewers can, can find you and listen to your podcast show because I've, I've listened to a few episodes um, and, yeah, it's amazing. So Yeah, thanks, Mo. Um, so I've got a website, johnballand.co.uk. I've got a company website, which is spaciouscoaching.co.uk. And then also my podcast, you can get hold of it on all the, it's just called The John Borland Podcast. So imaginatively titled, took us ages to think of that. Um, but yeah, you can get it on all the podcast channels, but also I've got a Facebook group called The John Borland Podcast. So if you want to join in there and get involved in that Facebook group, just search it on Facebook and ask to join. I'll let you in. Um, it's also on Instagram as well, if you want to check it out there. And if you're on LinkedIn, if there's any you know business people who want to link up with me on LinkedIn, just search my name, John Ball, and it'll come up and we can we can connect on there as well. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for for um for coming on to the Live to Inspire podcast. Thanks um, for inviting me, Mo. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been it's been a pleasure to have you on. Your story is is amazing, mate. And um yeah, it's it's been a pleasure. Thanks a lot and take care. Thank you. Goodbye. Thanks for joining us on the Live to Inspire podcast with me, your host, Mo Eunice. Please comment, like and share to help build our global community.